With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Radio. I am a certified reconnective healing practitioner, sound therapist, and positive psychology practitioner with a private practice in Sussex County, New Jersey, where Energy Awareness Radio streams to you live each and every week. Our chat room is open, so feel free to join in that discussion. We keep an eye on the chat room, so if you have a question, go ahead and post it, and we will do our best to get your question on air. As an alternative, for those of you who are on the go and you cannot continue to listen online, please call us directly by dialing 347-202-0227, and that way you can listen via phone or be sure, please be sure, to use your Bluetooth if you are driving about. Our sponsor is audible.com. 
They are a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. And with Audible.com, you can listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want, and you can get a free book when you sign up for a 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash energyawareness. You do have to put that in, audibletrial.com slash energyawareness, or you will not get the 30-day trial in the free book. People have asked about this. You can go to audibletrial.com, but to get the, the goodies, you need to put in slash energy awareness. Also, the Sussex County Chamber of Commerce is proud to announce that it is bringing Disney Institute back to Sussex County with another exceptional professional development course. Disney's approach to leadership excellence is the name of the course, and it is a one-day course that will be offered on Friday, April 17th at Crystal Springs Resort in Hardiston, New Jersey. Now, they don't oftentimes come to the East Coast, but they will be to the East Coast three times this year, once in this county, once in a county in southern, uh, let's see, New Jersey, and once in Philadelphia. So in this one-day course, you're going to learn how to adapt time-tested Disney business insights to assess and improve your organization. You will identify the personal and organizational values that drive you as a leader to carry out your organization's vision. You'll establish an alignment of personal values and organizational values to enthusiastically support your organization's vision. Understand a leader's values-infused role in operationalizing, culture-building, and team support. Develop strategies to sustain your organization's values and vision during turbulent times as well as good times. And build your own personal legacy as a leader. So employers, send your employees. They will become your best assets. And employees, you know, do you want to move up the corporate ladder or improve your skills to gain a better position or a promotion? This is the way to do it. Disney does it right. We all know that. And you will not receive this high quality of leadership training anywhere else. Through this chamber, the Sussex County Chamber, the cost for this course is only $399 per person, which is a huge discount because the regular price is $1,175. I kid you not. So you're getting like 66% off, and no one else is offering it at the price of $399. So even though it's on the East Coast, this is where you can get it for such a huge discount. And this really is a great investment in your future. So go ahead and register today. All you have to do is call the Sussex County Chamber of Commerce office at 973-579-1811. And you can get more information. You can register for the course and find out everything that you need to know. So go ahead and do that. All right. So what would the world be like if everyone loved themselves? This is a question that Susan Reeve wrote in her journal as a teenager, and it's guided her fierce commitment in partnering with clients to expand their capacity to give and receive love by removing their inner obstacles to love and living the life they desire. Now, she's done this in many roles over her 35 years of experience as a transformational coach, educator, corporate consultant, and interfaith minister. She is the award-winning author of The Inspired Life, Choose Peace and Happiness, which was the topic of discussion three years ago when she last joined us here at Energy Awareness Radio. And she is the co-creator of selfesteemexperts.com and a certified calling in the one coach. So today she's joining us again to discuss her new book, The Wholehearted Life, Big Changes and Greater Happiness Week by Week. Oh, Susan, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for taking time to join us yet again on Energy Awareness Radio. How are you being? I am great, and it was so wonderful to hear the opening song about gratitude because that's Mm -hmm. so much a part of living a wholehearted life. Isn't it everything? It's true. To me, it's the secret to life, to be honest with you. That's what I think. One of the things that I suggest to my clients in terms of making a gratitude list every day is that every day includes something on that list that you have never expressed gratitude for before in your life. And I'm just looking at my desk right now and I'm wondering, what is something here? You know, I don't think I've ever expressed express gratitude for emery boards before and i have one uh, you know a nail file but to really play with our expressing gratitude and when we look around we can really see that everything that we have in our life all of those things running water turning the switch and our light goes on you know there are just so many things that we take for granted 
And mm-hmm. when we focus on what we're grateful for, it certainly changes our experience. Sure, even the air that you breathe. Isn't it amazing how the world works and the the plants and the trees give us what we need and we exhale what they need. It's it's an amazing little <laughs> circle. <laughs> yeah, I'm ju- I'm just thinking right now as as the snow is just about melted here in the northeast where I'm living is that I'm really grateful that the snow was really light even though there was a lot of it this winter when I had to go out in the morning and shovel a bit. It was light. <laughs> I wish I had remembered to be grateful for it during that time. <laughs> but it's okay to go back and be grateful for things that were. That's okay, Absolutely. too. And I love your concept because I have kept a gratitude journal for about 20 years now. And I, but I love the fact that I, I try not to repeat things, but to come up with at least one thing every day that you've never been grateful for. And oftentimes throughout the day, you know, people will complain about the snow. Oh, there's so much snow. And, I, and I'll say to them, but this is our summer water. We won't have a drought. Be, be thankful. Yes. And they look at me and I think, really, you got to look ahead. But you can always look behind and say, hey, you know what? I'm really grateful we had that snow because not only will it be our summer water, but it was really light when I had to shovel it. And I agree with you. I, I appreciated <laughs> that a lot, too. <laughs> yes. And it's funny because I live on a lake and when the wind is blowing, the snow will come up and hit you in the face really hard while you're shoveling. And I've had people say, don't you hate that? And I say, I just look at it as a free derm abrasion. I mean, you know, it's like, thank you for the oh. derm abrasion, <laughs> you know. I like that one right of you. <laughs> you have to do that. <laughs> but and, your and you know, what I really appreciate about what you just said is that you're reframing something in a way <laughs> that you're not victimized by the circumstance. No, it really did. It was better when I came in. My skin felt better. I thought, this is like a dermabrasion. So then I didn't mind going out, you know. I did mind more when it wasn't windy. I thought, darn, I'm not going to get that free dermabrasion today, you know. That's great. <laughs> yeah, it works for me. You've you got to look at it like that. And Now, since you were here last, you've written this new book, The Wholehearted Life, which is like a revision or an updated version of your first book, Choose Peace and Happiness, Correct. Yes, yes, okay, it you, is. You wrote that in 2003. Why did you feel the need to write a new version? Well, there are a number of reasons. And one of them is that in the 11 years since that first book came out, 11 or 12 years, is that my thinking had evolved. And I really wanted to acknowledge that we are always on the path. There are times when we're on our path at our ever-evolving capacity to be a mighty expression of love in the world where we're facing a dark night, where we're facing difficult circumstances. And, you know, I hear so many people talk about it as either they want to get rid of these feelings they uh, they hate themselves because they've fallen down the rabbit hole and they're not feeling worthy or they're not feeling deserving. And my thinking had really evolved around that in terms of I now see that whenever I'm feeling my version of I'm not enough, and yes, after over 40 years of doing this work, I have those moments when I feel that way, is that that's a reminder that I'm at my growing edge. I'm at my leading edge. This, what we consider a negative experience that I'm having, is a call for me to be loving and accepting and really ask myself, what is it that I need right now that will help me ultimately evolve my relationship with myself. And so I wanted to include that. And I had some new ideas to include in this. And there was one other piece that um, I became an elder in, in my mind last year and did a ceremony when I turned 65. And I really started thinking about life in terms of legacy and this third act and what is it that I have to give? What is it that I want to give to my grandkids? What is the gift that I have from the wisdom of 40 years of experience? 
and well, I should say 65 years of experience, 40 years of professional experience. And so I wrote this book from the point of view of the job description that I see for an elder is really to share the wisdom of life experience. And so while there are some similarities in the two books, this one is really an updated version. And and there are similarities, but to me, it's it's very different, you know, and I like that. I like the fact that there was so much more in it, I felt, than yeah, just being, feels, you know, a version. Yeah, it feels different to me. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I, I don't mean for this to sound presumptuous, but I think of it as this is my Bible in terms of, how do I be a mighty expression of love in the world? And I can enter I can enter that experience in so many different ways, whether it's physical exercise, whether it's meditation, whether it's uh, wearing my favorite outfit, adorning myself. There are so many ways in life, really every single moment, we have the opportunity for a deep connection and alignment in body, mind, and spirit with love. Yes, and you've given us, well, it's kind of like a guidebook, you get a weekly guidebook. You've given us 52 different ideas, all of which are, I, I had trouble trying to figure out which one do I like the most because there are so many that I love. <laughs> and, you know, I thought, oh, well, I really like the one about music, and I like the one about being silent, and I like the one of prayer and being kind, and, of course, gratitude because that's huge with me. But then I realized, okay, stop with the ones that you, you like. What's the one you need? And I thought, oh, yeah, wake <laughs> yes. up to your face. That's the one, 48, <laughs> wake up to your faith, because I think that's hard sometimes. I don't think I'm alone in this. <laughs> I really don't. I think a lot of people have time waking up to their faith, don't you? <laughs> Absolutely. The, um, the resolution, my focus for this year, 2015, and I, and I would say I have, you know, I, I have an enormous amount of trust in, in living in a loving universe, even though it, it, it looks at times as though there's such horrific events going on. But my resolution this year is, I, I call it, turn it over sooner. You know, really connect with whether we call it God, the loving energy of the universe, source, the great mystery, whatever word captures this energy field, this loving energy field that we're part of. And um, and I see that I need reminders that having a little post-it on my computer that says turn it over sooner it's a reminder for me, like just yesterday, um, I lost my Wi-Fi for a while in the middle of an important call where we were sharing our computer screens. And, you know, my initial reaction was that, oh, why did this have to happen now? This is the worst time for this to happen. And then I thought, well, you know, turn it over, Okay. God, loving energy of the universe, let me see the gift in this. And we completed our phone call, and I wound up having some free time to take some notes so that when we continued our call... Uh Uh-oh. So we continued our call, and where did she go? There you are. Hello? (laughs) Yes. Ah, Can you you hear me? I can now. <laughs> ah, as as well. we're talking about you continuing your call, I'm thinking, oh, no, where did she go? But you're back. Huh. Well, isn't that strange? <laughs> <laughs> it was very timely. <laughs> yes, ex- 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 exactly. I better watch what I say. <laughs> but that reminder to, you know, call upon the invisible resources as guides to inform the actions that I take and to help me reframe situations and circumstances so I don't feel victimized. And, and I, I will agree with you 
in that situation, I think that it's easy to do. It's easy to do sometimes when it's something that has, or every time, when there's no emotion involved. But the minute emotion becomes involved, it makes it so much harder to maintain that faith and to hand it over because you're, you're hold, you can't help it. You're holding on with emotion. Do you agree with that? You know, I I agree with that because those feelings take over and wind up being in the driver's seat of our life. And that's why I have a post-it on my computer that says, turn it over sooner. I need reminders. That's why I see a qualitative difference in my ability to be awake. And I'm not talking about awake, simply my eyes being open, but awake Mm -hmm. in the present moment. When I meditate, when I express my gratitude, when I allow time for some play in my life. And, you know, that's one of the reasons that I wrote this book. There are over 350 exercises to do. And some of them can be done wherever you are. Focus on your breath. You feel yourself out of sorts. For a moment, acknowledge what you're feeling. Notice and acknowledge yourself for being aware of what you're feeling. And then for a moment, focus on your breath. It may take more than one breath to get you um, out of that rabbit hole of distress But the more we practice this, the more we have access to being present and to have ideas about what's the next step for me to take. Yes. A lot of the exercises, and there are so many, a lot of them are very, very easy, but there were a couple of them that I thought, this is really kind of difficult to do. And those are probably the ones we need to focus on. But one of them that you had, I believe it was under acknowledge your accomplishments and it was brag to three people about your accomplishments. Oh my God, that's really hard to do. That is really hard to do because as soon as you start to say something, sometimes people are like, okay, big deal T. <laughs> you know, nobody wants, I mean, I, when something happened a couple of years ago and nobody even said congratulations and I didn't put it out there as a big thing, but I did tell a couple of people and all I got was, well, you know, that's nice. But no, congratulations, is a big deal. It was a huge deal, and I didn't get that, and I thought, okay, people just don't care. So I've kind of come to the resolution that people just don't care. They don't care about your accomplishments. They really don't. They don't want to hear it. So I had a hard time with that one. Can, how, how do you address that? Well, there are a few things. One is the more we acknowledge our accomplishments, and I'm talking about the little things as well as what we consider the big accomplishments. So I consider every day when I brush my teeth an accomplishment. Uh, I consider that when I make a phone call that's on my, rather than call it a to-do list, I call it my done list. Uh, I acknowledge that as an accomplishment. And so we really have to get used to acknowledging our accomplishments ourselves. And Mm -hmm. if it is something that is really important, We may have to let people know this was a big deal for me. But the challenge is when we expect and when we need recognition from others, they may not know that. They may not know something was a big deal for us. And so I encourage my clients over and over and over again to acknowledge steps along the way to whatever you want to accomplish. And just as you keep a a gratitude list, I encourage people to keep an accomplishment list. Again, it's not about the magnitude of the accomplishments. It is beginning to see yourself through the eyes of accomplishment. I'm someone who gets things done. And Mm -hmm. oftentimes, you know, and I find this, I know this is true of men, and I find it particularly true of women. We have a very difficult time giving ourselves credit for what Mm -hmm. it is that we do. We think that, you know, I, I thought for years, you know, any jerk could do what I do. 
And so I really didn't value my gifts, my talents, and my skills. And it doesn't matter if somebody else has those gifts, talents, and skills as well. They will do it in their particular way. Mm-hmm. But it's really important to get into the habit of looking at our day, particularly those days where it feels like there are so many tasks, we're not getting anything done, and we're only focused on what hasn't been done and and not what we have completed, to stop for a moment and think about, what have I accomplished today? Because the energy of accomplishment, just as the energy of gratitude, has a momentum to it, to it which changes our focus. And everything takes a process, though. Sometimes it takes time. It's not as quick as we think it should be. You know, I've <laughs> oftentimes, yeah, I've oftentimes, you know, the universe is funny. It's, the universe thinks it's amusing, and sometimes I'm not. But <laughs> I oftentimes will give myself, okay, you need to get over this incident, whatever it is, by the end of the week. And I can do that for me, but that doesn't mean I'm going to, to continue with if someone did something to me with that person in my life. It, it, they did me wrong. They're gone. That's it. End of story. No apology. No anything. End of story. I, I'm done with them. And that sounds very harsh, but I have found that when I've done things for people and then they all of a sudden just boom, and I can go back and I can see this happened and this happened and this happened. You were setting me up the whole time. Then I have to put an arm out and say arm's length and even more than that. And sometimes when people do things, you know, I had one person do something and I said to her, she goes, you don't love me anymore. I said, of course I love you. I just love you over there. And she said, what do you mean? I said, well, you're not at the front of the line, but now you're not the back of the line. I love you, but I love you over there. There are people that are further behind you. And she laughed, and I said, I just never had anybody do that to me before, and I trusted you, and now it's going to take a long time to build that trust back. And I think sometimes you have to have that honesty and just say to the person, look, this is what happened, and, and I'm sorry, but I'm just not into it anymore, and, and we need to just agree to disagree, and you know that now I'm going to keep you a little further back, and I'm always going to have that I'm always going to have my my awareness heightened when I'm around certain people. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, what pops into my mind as I listen to you, T, is that there are times when it's important that we do a review of our relationships. Yeah. And which are the relationships that, you know, what are the inner circle relationships? But you might not know at the time. You might not know that you have to do it until something occurs. Exactly. And so I find every, so it's really important relationships like everything else in our life, like us, we evolve and we change. And Mm -hmm. there are a variety of reasons we have different relationships. There are some people who we trust completely and feel we can tell them anything and they'll keep our confidence and they always see the best in us. There are other people who sometimes there are people who we like to do things with and we don't particularly want to go into a deep relationship with. We just would like to, and sometimes there are people we spend time with because we want to have some people in our life to spend time with. So it's really important that we assess our relationships. The other thing that I think is when a situation has happened, when we might feel betrayed or hurt, is that while we may want to change the the nature of the relationship, that experience of betrayal or that experience of being hurt also gives us the opportunity to take a look at what are the beliefs that I've had regarding this person and this relationship that their actions is causing me so much pain and dismay. Because at every moment, each and every one of us is doing the very, very best we can based upon what we believe. And what I think is sometimes a rude awakening in friendships, in intimate relationships, is that the other person doesn't necessarily see things exactly the way we see them. Of course not. It's all in the perspective. And But we have the expectation that if you love me, you would have known this. 
but we're each much more involved in our own story than in the, anybody else's story. Mm-hmm. Very true. Yep, because we know ourselves better. <laughs> yes. You know, if we think that they should know our, us too. But but sometimes when it's just a blatant thing, then it's like, wow, that really is. You need to take stock at that moment and make a determination pretty darn quickly so that things don't happen yeah. again. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Exactly. Is this working for me? Just mm-hmm. as, you know, we, we look at our work life. Is this working for me? The work that I'm doing, the place that I'm working, the organization I'm working for. Is this relationship working for me? Is how I'm how I am attending to my health, is that working for me? And so I think it's really good. And there are many times in life, whether it's the new year, whether it's your birthday, whether it's Easter and Passover, we're in the midst Mm -hmm. of Passover now, and it was just Easter Sunday, this past Sunday, to reflect on, here's the vision that I have for my life. And how do things that I'm doing, the relationships that I have, the work that I'm doing, the way that I take care of myself, is that aligned with my vision? And if not, there's no need for judgment about it, but what are the changes that would support me in being more aligned with my vision, and what support do I need to stay on track? And a lot of that can come through another one of your chapters about writing, writing things down and writing, writing your soul. And then I think one of the other important things that probably as part of that or doing it at the same time is the forgiveness factor. And everybody always thinks, well, I have to forgive the other person. You don't, you have to forgive yourself. That's the hardest person in the world to forgive is yourself. But you do need to forgive the other person. You're not condoning what they've done, and the relationship may change. You don't hate them. You just are aware, way more aware, and, and, you, and you are more cautious maybe. But you need to forgive them so that you can move forward. And sometimes that process takes a while depending upon the circumstances. And sometimes there that are, forgiveness is you. Absolutely. Ultimately, the starting place for forgiveness is forgiving ourselves. And Mm -hmm. it's often forgiving ourselves for the beliefs that we have about ourselves. You know, our version of I'm not enough. So many of us are going around feeling I'm not worthy of the dreams that I have. Or we're Mm -hmm. always seeing what's lacking within us. But you're absolutely right, and I really want to underscore that, is that We forgive to open our own hearts because when we hold resentment, regret, anger, and hurt in our hearts because of a circumstance or situation that happened earlier today, last week, last year, 10 years ago, 50 years ago, we are constricting our capacity to both give and receive love. And mm-hmm. it's not, uh, you know, I, I, yes, I have a few pages in the book. There's a chapter on it. But it's not an easy, it's not always an easy thing to do because oftentimes we have patterns in our life that the same kind of circumstance seems to be coming up over and over and over again. And we think that it's because of what the person outside of us did. But really, it's our interpretation of what they did and what we have it mean about us. Now, I have a very, very dear friend who for years, for decades, was angry with her husband because she believed he could be different. And if he really loved her, he would be different. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, you know, he, he was who he was. He wasn't doing things against her. But that belief that if you love me, if you care about me, you would think about the impact of this behavior on me. I, I, I mean, it's, we're lucky when we can think about the impact of our behavior on ourselves. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's a full-time job. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is very, very true. <laughs> now, you know, and I think, yeah, go on. Go, no, go ahead. Let me see if I can now remember what I was going to say. <laughs> you know, I, I think one of the other challenges is that we have different ideas of what love looks like. Yes. And so, you know, it's easy to think if you really loved me, then you'd really be interested in everything going on in my life. But sometimes love looks like what you do for me, that you went out in the morning, you shoveled the snow for me. You know, not Mm -hmm. just for me, you did it for, for us. But we have sometimes very, very limited ideas of what love looks like. I think that when, if, if, to try to grasp it, if you just realize that the way that you love and see love and perceive love and, and receive love and give it is what works for you, and you know that everybody's different, and you can cut slack because the way that they do it is different. It's going, you know, it's going to be different. You have to accept that fact that it's different for everybody. I think that's really hard, though, for some people. They, they figure, you know, like you said, that woman said she thought she could, her, her husband would change because she wanted him to change. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen at all. You accept yeah. the person as they are, and, you know, you, you, that's how you accept them. Now, if they turn around and become a murderer after you get married or something and something big happens, that's different. You didn't see that side of the person. That's totally different. But if you can go into it knowing this is how I love and, and perceive love and give love, and the other person, whether it's a friendship or a romantic relationship, it really doesn't matter. If you come to everything from your heart, that's all you have to present is coming from your heart. Yeah, and, th- and that is a full-time job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I mean, I, I, I do feel as though, you know, as I said earlier, my, my, my job is to be a mighty expression of love in the world. And that expression of love looks different at different times. Mm-hmm. I I told a, a story recently about a conversation that I had with one of my stepsons a number of months ago where the most loving thing that I could do was hang up on him during mm. a phone conversation. And the way I hung up on him, I didn't just slam the phone down. We were in a, you know, we were budding horns. Each one of us thought we were right. And I could see the conversation was going no place and I could feel the, the tension in my body, and I knew that we were just, you know, going around on a, uh, like a gerbil on a, on a little uh, treadmill. Yep. And so I said to him, I cannot have this conversation right now. I'm going to hang up the phone. Bye. And I hung up. And I let out a scream. I then I, I vented a bit, and I vented with somebody who would not put gasoline on the fire, but was really clear this was about me calming myself down. And about 45 minutes later, we had another conversation, and it was fine. And somebody could say, whoa, you hung up on him. That doesn't sound very loving. You wrote a book about living a wholehearted life. You know, that doesn't sound so loving. But at that moment... That was my greatest act of love because but you I didn't was, hang up on him. You did not hang up on him. You said, I'm going to hang up goodbye, and you were polite about it. I've done that with people, and that, to me, that's hanging up on somebody who's just in the middle of conversation, boom, cutting them off. But you didn't do that. You told them, fair warning, fair warning. <laughs> you know, I can't do this now. Yeah. It makes and sense. So, you know, I think it's really in, important that we – I studied with Don Miguel Ruiz who wrote The mm. Four Agreements, and he would say so often there are 10 million ways to express your love. And I started looking around my environment at the different ways people express love. You know, somebody oh, – now there are automatic doors in supermarkets, but every so often you come to a store where there isn't an, a door that opens automatically. So, you know, right. Opening the door for somebody who's carrying a lot of packages, letting someone go ahead of you on the supermarket line who, you know, has two items when you have 22 items. Uh, you know, certainly hugging someone, um, 
giving someone, making a gift for someone, being there for someone in the middle of the night who's having a really hard time and listening to them on the phone. Uh, you know, there are so many ways to express our love. How we chop up food when we're making a meal. Are we mm-hmm. doing it paying attention and knowing that this nourishment is not only for the body, but this nourishment can also be for the soul? Absolutely. And it's always okay to stop and take a breath, too, you know, for yourself, because sometimes we react to things too quickly. It, 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 to me, I see an awful lot of, you know, it's all about me, self-absorbed. No one's really out there helping other people because they're so involved in their technology. They're on their phone. They're texting constantly. They're not being with you. I went to lunch with someone who was on her phone and texting so much, and I I gave her a fair warning and said, I'm going to leave in five minutes, and I got up and left. And three hours later, she called me and asked me where I was. I said, oh, my God, did it really take you three hours to realize I wasn't there? That is incredible (laughs) to me. That is incredible. You were texting that much. It hasn't been three hours. I said, look at your watch. She said, can you come get me? I said, no, I can't. I have, I have clients. I'm sorry. I can't come get you. Uh, she was very upset. But you know what? Uh, you know, are, are you taking me to lunch to just be a body uh, across the table, or are we going to lunch because you want to actually interact and have a conversation? And instead of reacting, if you just take that breath and take a moment so you don't say something that will be regretful later and that you have to have a conversation about, but you can, you know, you don't want to react. And I tell people this all the time. It's always okay to just stop. It's okay to have silence, but people always want to fill in the air or do something so that they, it's, it's almost like an active, you know, almost like an attack. They come back so quickly and they don't realize that they don't need to do that. You can take a breath. It's better for you. If you do that, just stop before use your filter you know, I think that's a big one. I think that is so crucial. And, you know, for me, one of the one of the chapters in the book is to go on a media diet. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I suggest to do it for a week. But if you could do it for half a day, if you could do it for an hour, wherever you start, you know, there is this, I think there's this false sense of connection that we have through emails, through Facebook. And and I certainly, I'm connected that way as well. Uh, But how often do we really allow ourselves to be present in the place where our body, mind, and spirit is? I was Mm -hmm. recently on the subway in Manhattan, and it was on a Saturday morning, so the subway wasn't that crowded. It was about nine o'clock in the morning and there were I counted in the in the part of the subway car where I was sitting, there were eight of us and six people either had uh headphones on or were doing something on their smartphones. Mm-hmm. And you know, so there's this sense of connection with something else, but how often are we really connected where we are? How often do we thank the checkout person at the supermarket? How often do we thank the I, – I, I take a train into the city sometimes, and I've gotten into the habit of thanking the conductor when he or she comes for my ticket. You know, how often do we really connect with the people who we're, who we're with, where, whose, whose exhale we're breathing? Yes. Look at the person. Don't throw the thank you away. Look at them and say thank you. The, uh, there's a, the Chamber of Commerce that I belong to, I'm on the Board of Trustees, and I chair the Wellness Committee, and we did a gratitude challenge last year that was so successful, and we're doing it again this year. And it was just something where people had to write notes, actually handwrite notes. I handwrite thank you notes all the time. I also know I've given wedding gifts and stuff and not gotten a note at all of any kind, not an email, not a thank you, nothing. People don't do that anymore. It's very sad, and it's, we're, we're seeing a lack of socialism in our society when you have, you're driving kids to the movie theater and three of them are in the back seat. There's no talking going on because they're actually texting each other. Are you kidding me? You know, speak to each other, look at each other, talk to each other, converse, connect on a level that your heart will connect. And then maybe you'll, you'll feel a little bit more and you'll feel better about yourself. We can't get that eudaimonic happiness that we need by texting. You have to have, you have to do things that are going to bring you that inward happiness 
And people don't tend to do that. Everybody yells at me because I don't text. My phone will not text. I had it shut off. I don't even have a magic phone. I have an old phone from 2006, and people say, oh, you would love it. I don't need it. I'm with clients or patients all day long. I do, I'm not going to interrupt what I do to talk to somebody, and I really don't like the fact when I'm with people, they text someone, and then I hear them say, why aren't they getting back to me? I just texted, texted them. I know they got it. <laughs> really? Really? Are you kidding me? I'm not that important. I'm, and I don't think anybody else is that they need to be texted all day. But it's a sense of importance with these magic phones and, and what they're doing. There's a sense of importance. And I'm like, you know what? No, I'd rather just live in the moment. Thank you. And I truly do. I just figure, you know, all these people talking about they're in the moment. And then I see them texting. They're not paying attention. They're having a conversation while they're texting. Your brain can't do two things at once. It cannot. It is scientifically impossible, <laughs> and yet people do it all the time, and that's very, very sad. So I think one of the first things, I loved the media diet, and I thought, I know people who couldn't do this for a minute and a half. They just couldn't. <laughs> they couldn't. It's a real test. It would be a real test to see if people could do that, you know, but I just don't. That, to me, was a big one. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I, I do like having my cell phone with me when I'm driving someplace. Mm -hmm. And then if I'm meeting someone for lunch or if I'm going into the gym or I'm going to do errands, I like leaving it in the car. I, I like making the choice of whether or not I want to respond to something immediately. And not just because, oh, I want to think about what my response is, but I want some spaciousness in my life. I would like some, I'd like to be with my own thoughts. Some sure. of the time, I'd like, and I don't want to be cyber stalked. Silence, exactly. Yeah, yeah. no exactly. cyber stalking. You know, uh, and and the just the fact that, you know, I I leave my phone in my car all the time. In the winter, it's great. Batteries like to be frozen. In the summer, not so good. It expands and ruins the phone. I have to get a new battery. That's okay. It's fifty bucks a year. I don't care. <laughs> but I leave it. <laughs> it's a safety thing for me in case I need to call someone. Very yeah. few people have my cell phone number. Very, very few people have it. Maybe three. And people think, oh, give me your cell phone number. No, you don't need it. You can call my office line. You can call my home line. Or you can email me. I don't need an extra place to check. I'm I'm not that special in this world. I'm really not. I'd rather just go through the way I'm going through and not be so connected because I don't feel I need to be. One of the things that occurred last year, a group of us went to dinner in New York, and the agreement was put your cell phone in the center of the table. First person to pick up their cell phone takes the whole bill. And I was like, wow, that's easy. And they were like, okay. So now, I've been to New York City a number of times in the past year. I have yet to pay for a meal. And they're always like, T, where's your phone? In my car. Why do you leave it in your car? I ne I'm not doing anything different. I always left it in my car. I know I will never be picking. I don't have to bring cash, credit card, nothing, because I know I'm not picking up that tab. Somebody else is. In New York City, it's expensive. That's not yes. a cheap dinner, you know? And you're picking up the whole meal, and people are drinking, and I'm like, no, I'll just have water and a meal, and I'm done, and I leave. And, but it, I think it's a great thing to do. It makes people aware, because somebody's going to pick up that phone. <laughs> Yeah, that's I, I, that's really interesting. I I I like that idea. Mm -hmm. I, I I'm I'm thinking about it with my with my grandkids when I go and and visit to make some kind of rule at at dinner that um, you know to 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 play with this idea to put phones in the center of the table and whoever picks up theirs first has to clean up. I did it as a fundraiser. Everybody put their phones in the center, 250 people in the room. Everybody put their phones in the center of the table. First person to pick up the phone pays $20. And if you think you're going to be the first person to pick up the phone, just give us the $20 now, and the next person will pay the 20 And you can walk out of there with $500. That's a really good fundraiser. People are like, I'll pay 20 That's bucks so I can have my phone. I'm like, you know, see, it actually, I've made it, yeah, it's all in your perspective, right? It, it works out really well because you're taking advantage of the fact that these poor people are addicted to their phones so much so that they're willing to pay $20 to not let it go. <laughs> well, and it's also a reminder to me of how quickly we forget. So you make this agreement and then the phone rings and there's that, that or, or it beeps because you have a text. And there is that automatic, there's that default yep. reaction to open it and to immediately pick it up. I'm, I'm always surprised when I get, when I call someone and they answer the phone and they say, I can't talk right now. 
and why I think, did well, phone? why did you answer the phone? <laughs> but I, yeah, I, I never but got I think, that either. I think that's that's become like a default reaction. It's like you hear the ring, and so you pick it up. You hear the ring, and so you pick it up. Instead of consciously paying attention to, in a sense, what's my intention in being here at a dinner with a group of friends? Is it to truly be with a group of friends? Or is it to show, look how, as you said, you're not so important. Look how important I am. I have all these calls coming in. Yeah. Yeah. But I think our our capacity, our ability to truly be in the present moment is something that requires cultivation. It requires practice. I, I often suggest a meditation technique. I, some of my clients say, oh, I can't imagine sitting even for five minutes focusing <laughs> on my breath. So I said, okay, do a walking meditation. When you right. leave your house in the morning and either walk to the subway or to the bus or to your office or to walking your child to school, wherever you're going, as you put your right foot forward, think the word right. As you put your left foot forward, think the word left. And simply create that connection between your thoughts and your body. And what you'll notice after a while is that you're putting your right foot forward and you're thinking the word left. That that is how disconnected we frequently are from our, our body and our mind. So giving ourselves that practice of having our body and mind be in the same place at the same time is really a gift that we give ourselves. It really is. And, and that's the person you really need to work on first is yourself so that you can give to others. It's like the oxygen mask, you know, take care of yourself and then you can give to other people. If you're not doing that, you're not, you have nothing to give. We're getting really close to the top of the hour. I think one of the things for the wholehearted, to live a wholehearted life, would you agree with this, is really one of the foundations is just your sense of awareness, complete awareness and being present. Absolutely. It's about being awake because when I'm awake, I can make choices and I can make choices that are aligned with what my vision for my life is. And when I talk about vision for, for our life, I'm not really talking about, uh, you know, what your house looks like, what's in your bank account, what weight you are, how long your fingernails are. I'm really talking about what are the qualities that mm-hmm. you want to through the life that you live and that requires my being awake and your book is just chock full of so many great exercises and the best part is it's done on a weekly basis so you can and you don't have to go through this one through 52 you can pick out whatever you want and start with any one of them and move forward and then see the exercises within each one. It's a great guide. It's, it's something that I think would help a lot of people to do exactly what they're doing. And I bet if somebody did this for two weeks, just picked one exercise, one of the, one of the weeks, one week, and one of the, you know, did a second week, they would mm-hmm. already start to notice a difference. Already you would start to notice because your perspective can change that quickly. So you know, kudos to you for another great book that you've written, Susan. I'm sorry we're at the top of the hour. We could go on more and more, but, but we can't because we're going to get cut off. So before we go, please tell our listeners how they can learn more about you and where they can purchase your book, The Wholehearted Life. Well, you can, you can get my book on Amazon, and I heard the uh, one of your sponsors is Audible, and I'm yeah. thrilled that in the past few weeks, The Wholehearted Life is now an Audible book. So that is available through Audible, and it's also available through Amazon. And my website is SusanReeve.com. That's S-U-S-Y-N-R-E-E-V-E.com. That is great. Thank you so much. We really appreciate you joining us back again on Energy Awareness Radio. I really do appreciate your time. If you just hold on for a couple of minutes, I'll... I'll sure. speak to you off air. Thank you so much, Susan. Thank so you, T. You are quite welcome. 
So listeners, we need you to spread the word. We know you enjoy what you hear on Energy Awareness Radio, so please share it with your friends. We live in very challenging and constantly changing world, and that's why I have the guests that I do to keep you apprised so you won't get lost in the dross of life. We need to stay aware so we can navigate easily and live the life we are meant to live productively, healthfully, purposefully, and wholeheartedly. This is where you find the tools to do just that. So send the link for this show to everyone you know and let them have the same opportunity that you just had so they can learn and grow and make the world a better place for all as well. Again, Susan, thank you. I really appreciate your time. On behalf of everyone here at Energy Awareness Radio, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. My name is T. Love, and I hope you'll be back next week for another great show here at Energy Awareness Radio. For more information about me, please visit my website, quantumwellness.org. You can find a list of archived shows, the lineup for upcoming shows, information about concerts that I'll be giving in the area. You can find my CDs. There's a couple of them that you can purchase from the site. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at NRG Aware Radio. That's at NRG Aware Radio. I am your host, T Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio, intending you and yours a most wonderful week. Remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only give thanks to do so. Take care and stay well.
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.